Good morning, class. <laughs> Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit gets fed, where my faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. Praise God, you can be a winner. You can be an overcomer. Living by faith, trusting God, walking with God, doesn't mean you never have any challenges. It doesn't mean there'll never be anything to deal with. What it does mean is that you, you have something to do. You know something to do to overcome when you encounter situations. And that's why we just quoted the scripture said, He always causes us to triumph. And the scripture says, He that's born of God overcomes the world. And what is the victory that overcomes the world? even our faith. So yes, God can do anything power-wise. He has all knowledge and wisdom. But there's a manward side to our deliverance and to our receiving. And it is this, this thing we keep referring to, faith. Faith in God. It's a, it's a living thing. It, it, it's not a formula. It's a fellowship with the living God. Living faith in the living God. So it's, uh, it's dynamic. It's, it's, uh, you're always learning more about it. it. These things are alive. They're not stayed and, and, and you know, decaying. They are uh, quickening and uh, life-giving. Hallelujah. Get your, uh, uh, your Bible and something to make a note with and come into the classroom with us and let's believe for these kind of things today. Father, all of us agree together as touching this, asking you for utterance, for the anointing, for eyes and ears and heart that can see, hear, and believe and understand, and for answers for today, help for right now. We ask for it and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you, Lord. Go please in, in uh, the Bible our great textbook that has all the answers and never needs updating. <laughs> it's, uh, it's perfect as it, as it was because if God really spoke these things, then um, he doesn't need to update it. It was right. It was complete when he said it. And this book is like no other book. Uh, I know some people don't believe that and they even mock these things. Now, not every translation of the Bible is accurate and correct and perfect, but the original utterances, the way they came out originally, they are perfect. No errors, no contradictions, none. There's no other book in the world like that. None, because all the others are the works of men and women. But uh, uh, God used men and women to utter these things and for them to come through them as vessels, but they came from Him. 
the Ancient of Days, the one uh, who's, um, you know, who knows the end from the beginning. So that's why, uh, if he knows the end from the beginning, that's why he can say something and it never need to be updated. <laughs> because he said it with the knowledge of the future. So I say all that to say this, you can trust the Bible. You can trust it completely. You can build your life on it. Trust it totally, friend. And if you don't think so, if you think that you found errors and you think that, you know, it's just the, the, the works of men and this and that, uh, or it's just like some, you know, uh, prose or poetry or a great literary work, uh, then all you've exposed is your lack of understanding. All you've exposed is your ignorance. And, and the truth is, if you're not a believer, this is a closed book to you. Because God's things, His thoughts that are contained in these words are so precious that like he exhorted, like Jesus exhorted, don't cast your pearls before swine. Don't give that which is holy to the dogs. What does that mean? People that despise it shouldn't be able to understand it. It's too high for their, you know, disrespect. And the scripture says that the um, uh, fear of the Lord, the reverence and respect for God is the beginning of knowledge and understanding and wisdom. That, that's where you start is with respect. So how many would say, Lord, I respect you. I, I respect you. I respect your word. I respect your truth. Open my eyes to see your wonderful, precious, valuable things that you have said. Give us understanding of your precious thoughts and words and doings. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Well, our, our great text that we've been on um, for a little while now is in Hebrews, the third chapter. We've been on a series that we're calling Overcoming Unbelief. And here in Hebrews 3 and verse 19, he says, uh, well, talking about the Israelites that were delivered out of Egyptian bondage, he said, we see they could not enter in because of unbelief. That first generation of Israelites that God through a mighty hand through all those signs and wonders delivered out of Egyptian slavery, God's plan was for them to take a, a relatively short trek uh, across the, the, the wilderness to what he described as a land that flowed with milk and honey. A good land, good land. Uh, the promised land, Canaan's land. And uh, they did not, though. Uh, after a short time of failing to trust God, failing to believe God, failing to listen to Him and, and obey Him, they wound up turning back into the wilderness and just going in circles out there in a dry, bleak subsistence to the point where they died uh, early and they died a hard life and a short, relatively short life. And this was not the will of God. 
the Bible said that he had planned for them to go in before the foundation of the world. Can it be that God has a good plan for you, but it never happened in your life? I mean, that's, that's heartbreaking. I mean, uh, can, obviously that's what happened. Why? You'll hear people say, oh, no, no, now God, if he wants something to happen in your life, it is going to happen. Why? Because he's God and he's the Almighty and he's sovereign. Well, that may sound like you're showing respect to God, but it's simply not true. You, you, you must not just imagine things. What did he say about it? If he said that's the way it is, then, well, that's the way it is. But he didn't say that. He said, I set before you life, death, blessing, cursing. You choose. Choose life that both you and your seed may live. And he goes on to talk about and being blessed and enjoying his good things. He said the choice is ours. And yet you got millions of church going people saying, no, it's whatever he has chosen. So it's religious tradition that has made the clear word of God of none effect and none impact. So, uh, friend, beware of religious traditions that contradict the word of God. Because what they're designed to do is rob you of revelation concerning your responsibility, which robs you of your faith and action, which will rob you of God's plan for your life. They didn't enjoy Canaan's land. We talked about this in previous classes, how that in Deuteronomy 6, chapter 6, Deuteronomy chapter 8, how that he said, it's a land. He said, I've picked it out for you. I'm going to paraphrase a little bit. God said, I've selected this land for you. It's a beautiful land. You don't have to irrigate it like you did out there in that arid place. Uh, places around Egypt, uh, I reign on it, I watch over it, and you will come into wells you didn't dig, houses you didn't build, vineyards and orchards that you didn't plant. I mean, you got to remember who he's talking to. People whose people have been slaves for 400 years. They never owned anything. They were themselves property. And now, not only are you free, not only are you healed, you have money, and now you're going to have property. You're going to own property and houses and vineyards and lands. That was the plan of God. Hallelujah. And did you know he never changes? Did you know he never changes? Isn't it right? He never changes. He said, I am the Lord. I change not. And even though some people fight it and because they fight, they don't know the word. It's still God's will for you to be free, for you to be healed, for you to have joy and peace, and for you to have a place to live, and you to have things to wear and things to eat and have resources more than enough for yourself, plenty to help other people. That's the will of God. That's the plan of God. But sadly, many are robbed. They're robbed of what they could have, should have, by ignorance, 
by wrong thinking, by wrong believing that results in unbelief. What kept them out of the promised land? When they sent the spies in, you know, they came back and said, uh, the ten said, they're giants. They're huge men and warriors. They're, the cities are walled up to the sky. But they said, basically saying, there's no way. They're bigger than us. They're stronger than us. We couldn't even get through the walls anyway. There's no way we can, we can take this. And they believed they couldn't go in because of the occupants, because of the walls, the iron chariots. But that's not what kept them out. Because if that's what kept them out, their descendants couldn't have gone in the next generation. Because they were dealing with the same thing. And yet they, they overcame the walls. On one occasion at Jericho, God just pushed the walls flat down. So they could just go right in. <laughs> you know, uh, you could see why. Because a whole generation is saying, oh, the walls, the walls, the walls. You know, no way you can get through the walls. God said, here, go. <laughs> why? Because what's a wall to the creator of the universe? Now, that should be obvious, but they never got it. They never got that. It was always that the walls were bigger than God. Not God bigger than the walls. And what kept them out? Their own unbelief. Look at it again, verse 19. They could not enter in. Why? Because of unbelief. It keeps going in, in the very next chapter and verse. Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. Why is he talking about them and what happened to them? He's saying, don't let the same thing happen to you. So this is pertinent. What happened to them is pertinent and relative to us in this day and time. Let us fear lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For to us the gospel was preached as well as to them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. What was the gospel to them? Gospel means good news or good report. And the scripture said that the ten spies brought back an evil report. But Joshua and Caleb had the good report. What was the good report? Oh, it's just like God told us. It's a beautiful land. Look at these grapes. Look at these figs, these pomegranates. I mean, it's beautiful. Rolling hills, plenty of rain. Environment's good. Everything's good. Uh, let's go. God's with us. Let, it's ours. He's already given it to us. The Lord is with us. He's not with them. Their defense has departed from them. They are bread for us. Let's go get it. Why'd they talk like that? They believed the good news God gave them that it was their land. But now the other ones, and then sadly, uh, the, the mass of people there, the, all the Israelites, they didn't believe Joshua and Caleb. They believed the report of the other ten spies. Because they said, no. Nah. They said, no. It's, uh, I, I'm paraphrasing again. It's not a good land. It's a land that will eat you up. It's a land where you and your kids will die. And the Bible said they slandered the land. 
They brought up an evil. They talked bad about what God said was good. Is that still going on today? It is. It is. The, the prophet warned us, don't call good evil and evil good. Don't do that. And yet you got people saying, you know, well, I don't know about that healing stuff. You know, that may not even be of God. No, friend, anybody that can even think remotely correctly knows it's better to be healed than to be sick. Is that right? Don't, don't uh, you know, confuse yourself. And anybody that, that thinks remotely right knows it's better to have money and have some resources than to be in debt and to be broke and to be limited by that. Anybody knows. If you think right, it's better to have joy and peace than it is to be depressed and vexed and tormented. These things are not complicated. <laughs> and the truth will make you free. Hallelujah. What's the truth? God is a good God. He has good things and a good plan for His people. And it's already been bought. It's already been paid for. By Jesus, the Master, the Savior. And yet, all that being done does not mean you will enjoy it. Even though it's been bought, it's been paid for, even though it's the will of God. Why? Even though it was the will of God that they go and enjoy the houses and the vineyards and all that in Canaan's land, they did not. They never went in there. They never lived there. They never enjoyed it. Where'd they live? out in the bleak, barren desert, mad at God, mad at Moses and Aaron, you know, just breathing out sarcasm and, and blaming everybody and, and, and died young and died wrong. That is still happening today. That's why he said, verse, chapter 4, verse 1, let us Fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. Why are we talking about this? Because God does not want you to be robbed of what he has for you. And I don't want you to be robbed, right? And everybody here at Faith School doesn't want you to be robbed. Said out loud, by the grace of God, I will not be robbed by the thief of unbelief. I will trust God and be brought in to the fullness of His good plan of good things for me. Hallelujah. Don't let anybody talk you out of it. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Go to 1 Corinthians, please, the, uh, the 10th chapter. 1 Corinthians 10. These things that are given to us in the Old Testament are types of uh, the reality of redemption. And it's a big mistake to ignore them and to neglect them because it helps you to understand what has happened in Christ and what is the result of what the Master has done in redemption. And you read about that here. We were reading in Hebrews. That's New Testament. Now we're reading in 1 Corinthians. That's New Testament. Doesn't get any more New Testament than this. And he says, 1 Corinthians 10, 1, Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. 
Can you see he is, he's showing you how the type applies to reality in redemption. Talking about uh, deliverance out of bondage and death and baptism. Uh, this is all uh, beautiful pictures, uh, accurate, precise pictures of what has happened to us and what happens to everybody that believes on Jesus. Keep reading. It says, They were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and did all eat the same spiritual food, and did all drink the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, uh, other translations say that accompanied them, and it says that rock was Christ. You know, Jesus, uh, the Bible said on the uh, uh, last day of the feast, stood and said in the book of John, uh, everybody that believes on him, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. Hallelujah. It said this he spoke uh, about the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. Well, what happened back then, they were dying of thirst out in the desert and God caused water to come out of a rock. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. And it just flowed who knows how many tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of gallons, it flowed until millions of people were satisfied and all of their cows and sheep and camels and donkeys and dogs and cats. What, what's this? People say, well, you know, that's the Old Testament. That don't apply to Oh, yes. Yes, it does. Look at what happened. That rock was Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And out of the rock came the thirst quenching, wonderful, hallelujah, water, water of life, water of salvation. And so he goes on to say, he said, verse 5, but with many of them, God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now we know from reading Hebrews why that happened. It was because of their unbelief. And here's another reinforcement of that. What does it take to please God? Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. And it says He wasn't pleased with them. And it says, now these things were our examples. They're examples for us. To the intent we should not, and He talks about several things here that happened to them. And verse 11, He says, now all these things happened to them for in samples, examples. And they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. Wherefore, let him that thinks he stands take heed lest he falls. Let me read this to you from some other translations. The Living Bible says it like this. It says, all these things, verse 11, all these things happen to them as examples, as object lessons to us to warn us against doing the same things. Why would it matter unless we could be robbed of God's good plan for us just like they were? And that's what he's saying. Now that's not talking about, you know, that you'd, you'd be lost, uh, but you can be saved and live a defeated life. You can be saved, your name's in the Lamb's Book of Life if you died right now, you, know, you wouldn't go to hell, you'd go to, to be with the Lord, and yet not have your needs met down here, not live in joy, not live in peace, 
not live in victory. And, and people think, well, it was, the, uh, it was all the mean people around me that held me down. No, it's unbelief. It, it was all the things that attacked me and I couldn't overcome. No, Mm-mm. that's acting like that's bigger than God. No, it's, it's still unbelief. Unbelief is one of the biggest problems. Not only in the, obviously in the world, they, they, they are unbelievers. You shouldn't be surprised when unbelievers unbelieve. <laughs> but we are, oh, come on, help me out, class. We, we are believers. Is that right? Well, believers shouldn't be in unbelief. Believers should be functioning, living, walking by faith. But he said, uh, these things happen to them as examples, as object lessons to us to warn us against doing the same things. Now, how many things happened, even with God's people, over the past thousands of years? The list would be huge. And God didn't, didn't record all of those for posterity. The one, he's saying the ones he recorded, like this bringing the people out of Egypt and, and these things, that he did on purpose, that he has recorded. He wants everybody to know that and remember that in every following generation. Why? Because it's relative. It's pertinent. It applies to you. Our covenant has changed. God has not changed. Right and wrong has not changed. Faith and fear has not changed. Oh, come on, can you see this class? So uh, he goes on to say, they were written down so we could read about them and learn from them in these last days as the world nears its end. I'm still reading from the Living Bible, verse 12 now. So be careful, he said, if you're thinking, oh, I would never behave like that. (laughs) Let this be a warning to you, for you too could fall or may fall into sin. Uh, The Message Bible says it like this, these are all warning markers, danger in our history books, written down so that we don't repeat their mistakes. Our positions in the story are parallel. They are at the beginning, we are at the end, and we are just as capable of messing it up as they were. Is that true? Well, we're reading the Bible, reading New Testament. So don't be so naive and self-confident. You're not exempt. You could fall flat on your face as easily as anyone else. It goes on to say, forget about self-confidence, cultivate God confidence. (laughs) Well, that's why I'm going over this again, because that's what we're doing in this study. We're going back and looking at how they missed it what their unbelief entailed, what it sounded like, what it looked like, because in learning what unbelief is, uh, you learn what faith is not, and by contrast, you learn what faith is. This is well worth our time, child of God. Do you believe it? And we have specific instruction in the New Testament to do this very thing. And our time's up again. Said out loud, I live by faith, I walk by faith, I Overcome this world by faith. I'm strong in faith, giving glory to God. We'll see you again next time here in Faith School.
Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.